so much for choosing this podcast from CFTN Payson. We are Church for the Nations in Payson, Arizona. We are a Bible-believing church. I believe God has a word for you today. You can reach us at www.cftnpayson.com or you can give us a call at 928-444-8791. God we hope that you're blessed by the message that you've chosen today. God bless Well, I have my Bible here. Look how big it is. This is, was my mom's Bible. And I brought it um, because I wanted you to know that I read my Bible. <laughs> you know, because these days we have our computers, right? And we have our, our cell phones. And, and then every now and then somebody will walk in the church who maybe hasn't kind of been up on the tech stuff. And they'll say, I didn't see one Bible. You know, <laughs> They preached a whole message without a Bible. And, uh, you know, we, we do. We use our cell phones and all that. But I like to bring my Bible because it was my mom's Bible. And it's special to me. I want to confess to you, it is not a King James Version. <sighs> so, um, but um, it is a good Bible, nevertheless. And, uh, so I want to share with you today. Uh, first, I'm going to pray, probably more for me than for you. But I'm going to pray. Um, the message today is, you know, Pastor Tim set up the series on um, Rosetta Stone kingdom languages. Okay. And so he's talked to us about love, how love speaks, right? Love speaks a certain language and, and joy. Joy speaks a certain language and peace. Today we're going to talk about the language of peace and um, what it says to us. And so um, let's pray. Lord, I just thank you, God, for this great body today, Lord. I know that um, you know our hearts and you know the anxieties of our hearts and the thoughts that we have, Lord, even before we think our thoughts, because <laughs> you created us and formed us even while we were still there in our mother's womb. You, you said that you knew us then. And so, God, I just I thank you for your word today. I thank you, God, for the release of your presence, Lord a release of your power, and a release of your peace. Lord, I just thank you, God, that you would speak to every heart. God, that you would speak to every storm. That you would just um, barge in past every barrier that we might have, Lord, that would keep our hearts guarded and uh, keep ourselves isolated from what it is that you're trying to do in our lives. We invite you, Holy Spirit, I speak to every ear to be open and every heart prepared for the planting of the seed of your word, God, that it would bring forth the fruit of peace today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so um, I saw this quote, and it's one of those quotes that says unknown author, but I thought it was really good. It says, you cannot find peace by avoiding life, (laughs) right? I don't want to go to church because there's people there. <laughs> I don't want to, I want to stay right here. And so sometimes, you know, that's how people end up in the mountain far away without any neighbors, you know, and they've got their gun and they sit out on their porch because they're in search of peace, right? <laughs> they don't want to be bothered. So they're like, if you step across that line and invade my peace, I am going to blow your head off. <laughs> here in Arizona, we encourage that. No, we don't really. Um, <laughs> I got a piece right here (laughs) full of jokes. Anyway, um, so (laughs) uh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So 
if we're going to be involved with life and people and personalities, we have to really understand that, you know, we have to find that place of peace because the Lord said, my peace I leave with you. He's like, he's like giving us this gift of peace. And so oftentimes uh, we forfeit that peace. So, you know, we have, we have our earthly language when we're, when we're babies and we're learning how to talk. We repeat, right? We repeat what our parents say. We repeat what our siblings say. We, we repeat the words um, and we adapt to the language that's being taught us. And so we have an earthly language. And then uh, we have a spiritual language when we're born again. We really kind of have to relearn how to talk, Okay. We have to, there's a new way, there's a kingdom way of talking. And so we, we begin to learn what our heavenly father is saying. We begin to kind of adapt and tune our ears in. Okay, so I'm not going to speak this way anymore, even if maybe you were uh, raised in an atmosphere of fear. And, you know, your, your habit has been to speak fear. That was the language you were taught, was the, the language of fear. Um, but when we're born again, we began to develop a new way of speaking. And so today we're going to be talking about the language of peace. Um, we're going to talk about three kinds of peace. We're going to talk about peace with God, peace with ourself, which to me is like one of the biggest hurdles, right? And peace with others because I don't know if you've noticed, but most of, most of you here have someone sitting next to you. That's the other, uh, you know. And so we have to learn how to live in peace. And um, I don't really have a whole lot to share with you, except I have a whole lot of scriptures to share with you, which makes it easy because I can just read. <laughs> All right. So peace of God. In the garden, before there was sin, right, there was Adam and Eve, and they were so peaceful, and they walked in the garden, uh, you know, with the Lord, and there was intimacy, and they had joy, and they had peace and there was love there. And uh, then, of course, we know the, the story about the fall of man. And so when, when man fell, he lost his peace of, with God. And um, all of a sudden, he had no sense of belonging. There was like a disconnect. He, didn't, he no longer was tuned into what his purpose was. He had no peace he had no peace with God, and I'm pretty sure Adam and Eve probably started fighting. I mean, really? This is reality of it, right? They started, well, no, I don't want to name it that. No, you name it. You know, they just started bickering about the smallest things. And um, there was a sense of shame, right? It says that all of a sudden they're like, oh, we're naked, you know? We're vulnerable. And uh, all of a sudden, where previously there had been peace, now all of a sudden there was this sense of shame and, and vulnerability and mistrust, right? And so that carried on uh, through the ages. And um, then Jesus came, right? And Jesus came to restore our relationship with God and to bring uh, us back into a place where we were at peace with God. When Jesus, before Jesus went to the cross, they placed a crown of thorns on his head and, you know, that sounds so, like, far away. It sound, we can so easily disconnect from the torment that Jesus went through. But if you've ever been to Israel and you've seen the crown, the, the, what the crown of thorn was actually made of was, you know, four-inch sharp spears that went into Jesus' 
brain and caused great swelling. And I'm only telling you this because, you know, we like to just kind of say, I don't want to go there. But there was torment, and that torment was uh, also in the separation because all of our sins was placed on Jesus, whereas, you know, we all that torment because of our sin, we deserved. He took it. And so he took, the Bible says, I'll read that scripture in a minute, he took the chastisement of our peace was placed on Jesus. And he took the torment and he took the sense of disconnectedness and isolation and loneliness and abandonment and mental torment and anxiety and fear. And he took all of that so that we could have peace. And so peace is, is one of the greatest gifts that he gave us. And yet we so quickly forfeited. I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm just going to be vulnerable. Peace for me is like. It's a daily, you know, because I so easily get start wandering. I'm a little ADD and I don't speak that to word curse myself, but so that you will have compassion because <laughs> my mind is like everywhere sometimes. And, um, and yet, you know, every day, like from the minute I wake up in the morning, I might wake up with a peaceful heart or I might have had a dream or something or whatever, a worry, and I, during the night I may not even, and I may wake up and I may have a troubled heart. I mean, this is a daily thing, you know. What if? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if I'm rejected? What if I fail? What if? What if I'm not good enough? Like all of these things, and um, you know, it's a our peace is a daily gift, but it's also a battle, right? And you, you guys have probably all heard Joyce Meyer's um, book or read it, Battlefield of the Mind, right? And she talks a great deal. If you haven't read that book I, and you do struggle with tormenting thoughts and things like that on a regular basis, I really rec- I highly recommend that book. I've given that book out probably to 150 women in my ministry, but it is excellent. So Jesus came to restore our peace with God. Isaiah 53, 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. So we're talking now about peace with God. Jesus is our advocate. He's the one who pleads the cause. He pleads our cause. 1 John 2, 1 says, My little children, remember we're all just little children, okay? We're all just little children. And he says, my little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So one of the things that cause us to feel that separation, one of the things that cause us to feel like we've lost our peace with God is our own sin. And let's face it, you know, that's not really a popular message. And I'm not going to be preaching today about sin. But I am going to tell you that Jesus died for your sins. And that the Bible says that we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Anybody here who hasn't, please raise your hand so I can come and worship you. (laughs) Please don't raise your hand because I will (laughs) rebuke you. (laughs) Because the Bible says if any man says he hasn't sinned, he's a liar, right? And the truth isn't in him. So um, we uh, Psalms 119.165 does tell us that those who love his law have great peace and we do not stumble. And, um, you know, there is peace. And knowing 
every day when we wake up that his mercies are new every morning. And that when we have a love for him and we love his law, we love his grace. We have to have his grace, but we also love to do what's right because we know the end result is going to be that we're going to be walking a life of peace, right? So having peace with God. Um, my testimony, I'm going to share that really quick. I was uh, 11 years old, and I started going to this little tiny Nazarene church around the corner from my house. We had lived. I was raised in the country, and we had all kinds of animals, ducks and chicks and pigs and all kinds of cows and, like, all these animals. And so I really, really, really wanted to go to church because since from the time I was a little tiny girl, I used to sing songs to Jesus. You know, I don't know why. I don't remember when I met him or what point, but somehow I had this connection with Jesus, but I never went to church till I was older. So I went to this little Nazarene church, and there was me and three little old ladies and one little old man. I was 11 years old. And I went, they had this thing, and they said, um, you know, this is called an altar, and if you want to come up here and pray. So I did. I went up there, and I got on my knees, and I started crying, like, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. Like, and, and he came, and he forgave me, and he met me there, and I got radically saved. And then as a couple of years went by, peer pressure came in. I was radically saved. I was going door-to-door in this little border town. Nobody spoke English. I was going door-to-door saying, do you have Jesus in your heart? Because <laughs> he's coming soon. And they were like, no, hablo inglés. So I'd go to the next house, you know. <laughs> you have Jesus in your heart. And I would be showing them, you know, Jesus loves you. <laughs> and so then peer pressure came, and I went away from the Lord. And when I was eight, but I, I, would, I would go. And I was a party girl in high school because when I went away from the Lord, I was like, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm going away from you. I will be back. <laughs> So I actually repented before I even backslid. I was like, please be patient with me because I'll be, right, I'll be back. <laughs> and so then I, you know, I went out into the world and um, I partied, you know, and I, I would obviously be transparent. I'd be at a party and I'd be drinking or I'd be, and I'd say, one of these days I would have stopped doing this and I would have lived for Jesus. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I inhaled and everything, you know. <laughs> And they would just look at me, and they'd be like, what did she just say? (laughs) And one of my friends said, I'm not. I'm going to do this forever. And she still does. And I live for Jesus, (laughs) just like I said. But anyway, so, but I had no peace because I wasn't following after what God's law was. I wasn't doing what was right. I wasn't pleasing the Lord in the way that I was living. So I had no peace. So I I come back when I'm 18, and I'm like... (sighs) I had been praying, Lord, please make a way for me to come to you because you know how weak I am. And the Lord opened the door, and I came to Jesus, and he cleansed me, and he washed me, and he gave me peace. And then I had to start learning how do I keep this peace, right? It's a process. So peace, John 14, 27, 29 says, My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. See, we have a certain amount of responsibility in keeping our peace with God, right? And just in general, keeping peace. We do have a a responsibility. I was thinking about this because, you know, peace is a gift. And the Lord wants to give us peace. And it reminded me of Tim when he was growing up and even early in our, our marriage when we were raising our kids. When he got a present at Christmas time, it would be all wrapped and... 
he'd take the box and he'd go, oh, thank you. Oh, and he'd hold it up and look at the present from every angle. And, you know, here we're all waiting to open our presents. But, no, he has to focus on this box that he has received but not opened. And so he goes on and on. Oh, look at the bow. Oh, it's perfect. Oh, and then he'll just set it down right there. And we're all, open it. <laughs> What's in there? And, you know, it reminds me because Jesus paid for our peace and he took the, you know, he took our torment and everything. And yet sometimes we're like, oh, thank you. But we really don't have a clue about how to open it, you know, how to receive and activate his peace in our life. And I thought of that and I thought, well, we do have a certain amount of responsibility because he says, don't let, that means it's my responsibility, whether or not I'm going to let you know, whether or not I'm going to let my uh, my heart be troubled. Really, it is my responsibility. It sounds kind of harsh because, you know, when somebody's heart is troubled or when my heart is troubled, we want somebody to kind of come along beside us and say, oh, honey, you know, and that's good. But what's, I mean, that's that's good. We need to be compassionate. But what's even better is if we can take responsibility and say, no. You know, this is my peace. I'm guarding my peace. I'm guarding my heart. And I'm going to allow. I'm not going to let my heart be troubled. I'm going to guard my heart because peace is a valuable gift. It's one of the most empowering things that you can have in your life is peace. Peace with God. Peace of mind. Peace in our heart. Peace because when we have peace, we can walk out our purpose. When we have peace, we can walk in power. Right? We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to hold back. We can be free to be who God's created us to be because we have the peace and the confidence in knowing that he has empowered us to be the sons and daughters of the most high God. So that is a powerful gift that he's given us is peace. And we have to guard it. We have to don't let my heart be troubled. We have to go, whoa, 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 whoa. When we wake up in the morning and our heart is troubled, we go on through our day and our heart is troubled. We have to say, whoa, whoa, uh-uh, no, I'm not going to let my heart be troubled. He says, he who keeps his mind stayed on me, I'll keep him in perfect peace. So we have to try to get our mind off of all of these other things, you know, the fears, the doubts, the whatever, the storms in life, right? And we have to listen to that still small voice. We have to get that into that place where we just hear God saying, hey, I got this. I got this. Sometimes it's really quiet. It's like peace. Peace, but but Lord, no, peace. But what if, no, all things are going to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose, peace. But what if, no, I promise to never leave you or forsake you. But, but <laughs> I am with you even to the ends of the earth. Don't let your heart be troubled. And so we have to tune in to what is it that peace is saying? What is it that God is saying? And that is what we have to develop in our heart. And we have to guard our heart and not let us be troubled. Psalms 85.8 talks about this responsibility. We talked about this a little bit already. It's the responsibility of learning to listen. He says, I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promises peace to his people, his faithful servants. But let them not turn to folly. <laughs> He's like, okay, I'm giving you my peace, but you know, there is a way you can forfeit this peace is, is if you're stupid. <laughs> Folly means lack of good sense, foolishness. 
stupid steals our peace, okay? And I don't say that word to be harsh. Um, recently I posted something on Facebook and I was so proud of myself. I was like, I'm always quoting other people, but this was mine. <laughs> Let's see if I can remember it. I probably can't. But it was just that if, if stupid rises up to speak, allow love to interrupt. Right? That's just, thank you very much. You can quote me now on Facebook. <laughs> so folly, folly, doing stupid stuff. Even if we make mistakes, God is compassionate, you know. His mercies are new. Love covers a multitude of sins. But sometimes that will kind of steal our peace if we're like, what's wrong? Where's my peace? And then the Lord may whisper, remember what you said? That wasn't of me. That was of your flesh. That wasn't said in love. You need to, you know, you need to go back. And those are the ways that we guard our heart and guard our peace is by listening to the voice of God and listening to his promises, but also listening to his corrections, right? And um, inviting him to come and correct me. Lord, search my heart, O oh Lord, and see if there be any unclean thing in me. And then when there is, and he points it out, don't get all offended. <laughs> you know, like, oh, God, you hurt my feelings. No, listen to what the voice of the Lord Lord is saying, because he loves you, and he no one loves you like Jesus, and no one wants to restore your peace and give you peace of mind like the correcting, loving, gentle, kind hand of your Father. So another way we can take responsibility in our relationship with our peace with God is to cast. I thought about this. I'm not a fisherman. Do we have any fishermen here? Anybody? What? Okay, we have one. <laughs> Uh, when's the fish fryer? That's what I was really getting down to. <laughs> um, you know, but when you cast, it's like, you know, you go out as far as you can. And we have to learn to do that with our troubles, with our, with our broken heartedness, with our trials, with our worries. You know, we have to learn how to throw those things on God. Throw them on him because he said, cast your cares on me. Why? Because he cares for us. Sometimes we want to cast our cares on other people. So when we try to cast our cares on one person, one individual, it's more than they can bear. And it will hurt your relationship. And I don't know why or who I'm speaking to right now. But, you know, when Tim and I first got married, I had a lot of wounds. And, you know, really he was my knight in shining armor. Seriously, I mean, look at him. He really is. He really is my knight in shining armor. And he rose in to rescue me and he married me and he loved me. And I thought, okay, now I'm all jacked up inside. (laughs) Now fix me. Fix every wound, every time I've ever been rejected. Every time there was ever betrayal in my life from all those past relationships, those past friendships or whatever, you know, I really kind of idolized him, you know. And I really kind of cast all my cares on him. We can't do that because then we're putting someone in the place of God. And he says, cast your cares on me. And it's true that we need each other. We need each other. Take the person next to you. Take them by the hand and tell them. Look them in the eye and say, I need you. You know, we need each other. We are part of the body. And when the body flows together and we minister, like if I got a sore toe, trust me, I'm not going to ignore it. You know, because I won't be allowed to. If I got a sore toe... This hand is going to be reaching down to touch that toe and pray for it, (laughs) you know, do whatever it needs to do to get it better, right? And so the body functions together like that. So I'm not saying that we can't come together and say, hey, I need you. I need you to agree with me in prayer. 
please speak a word of encouragement. Please, this body is great at that. And I'm learning that more and more, you know. But I am saying that ultimately, we can't cast our care on anybody and expect to be healed and delivered from anxiety from or, or depression because Jesus is there and he's waiting and he's like, hey, I'm the one that took the crown of thorns. He's like, I'm the one. I want you to come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. He's like, I will give you rest. I will be your peace. I will give you peace. And anyway, poor Tim, he was so beat up. And after our first year of marriage, because I was like, give me healing. You know, I was like a leech just uh, trying to get everything from one person. And that's not fair to that person. And it, and it, and it doesn't work. And the Lord's like, hey, what about me? So I just throw that out there to encourage you, you know, to cast your care. Learn to cast your care in your relationship with Jesus um, because he cares for you. He cares for you. Another way we can be responsible in our peace with God is that he says, come to me. Matthew eleven twenty eight thirty. 30. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and, and carry heavy burdens, and you will find rest for your souls. So the next kind of peace we're going to talk about is peace with ourselves. Pastor Tim, show me how many how much time I have. Okay, because <laughs> I tend to get carried away. I don't know why I do that, but um, I go too long. I don't want to go too long. Peace with ourselves. Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy, right? Jesus came to give life, and he came to give us life more abundantly. And um, as I've already said, you know, our thoughts are spirit. You know, it's either the Holy Spirit. How many love it when the Holy Spirit speaks to you? Whoa. And then we have our own flesh, you know, our own earthly language, really, that we've learned from uh, our atmosphere, environments, the way that we were developed as children growing up or even as we're being formed in the womb those that that's our language our earthly language and then we have demonic spirits also that come to us that we have to learn how to take authority over um those spirits come to steal our peace and because remember our peace gives us power our peace uh, gives us freedom to walk in our purpose. So the enemy doesn't want to do that. And so the way that he's going to try to do that is, you know, Jesus already came and, and, and bought, paid for our peace. But we have to learn how to be at peace with ourselves, And we have to learn how to walk in that authority and how to speak that new language of peace. There's no longer hostility between us and God, but there's peace and there's peace with us and God, and there's peace with me and me, and there's peace with us and others, right? The cross, peace with God, peace with each other. What a challenge. (laughs) Peace with each other. So here are some types of earthly thoughts, and I'm going to throw in there and also demonic thoughts that steal our peace. Our old way of thinking says, I can't do this. Peace says, I can do all things. Through Christ who strengthens me. Our old uh, language says things like, things will always be the same. Peace says, for I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. 
we say or we think, I can never get over this. Over this. I can't forgive. But peace speaks, Ezekiel 36, 26, and I will give you a new heart. We, we can't use the, you know, I can't as an excuse because his word speaks louder than our human language. His word supersedes any demonic word curse. His word is truth and the truth is what sets us free. So his peace speaks. I'm going to give you a new heart. He's like, I can't do it. I'm so heart hearted. I'm so angry. I'm so bitter. I don't know how. I don't know how to get over that. I don't know how to be healed. But he says, it's okay because you know what? Because you've come to me and I am the prince of peace. I'm going to take that hardness of heart. I'm going to take the bitterness and turn it sweet. I'm going to, I'm going to take the, the, um, the calluses off of your heart. And I'm going to give you a brand new, responsive, tender heart. I'm going to give you a peaceful heart. Sometimes we shout at ourselves, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not qualified. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not enough. But peace speaks loud and clear. It says, Paul, when he said each it says each time. So, you know, it wasn't just one time that he had to conquer these thoughts of, um, you know, feeling tempted, feeling overcome by these thoughts that were not of God. But he says each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power. I love this scripture because I, I just like, Lord, like from the time I came to Jesus and I apologized because I was going to leave him for a short season. <laughs> I said, you when I came back, I was like, you know how weak I am. You know, and so this empowers me right here. Like when I first read this scripture, I was like, "Woo!" because it says my power works best in weakness. Okay, my power works best in weakness. And I just wrote Selah right there because I want you to think about that for a minute, because we all have areas of feelings of inadequacy, whether it's, you know, intellectual inadequacy or a lack of emotional intelligence. (laughs) That's a great book, by the way. No, I didn't read it, but I know it's a good book. I like the title. That's what I do. I get books that I like the title to, and I put them on the shelf. And I don't have to read the book because I get it. I'm going, emotional intelligence. Okay, I got it. (laughs) And I put it there, and it's a reminder to me that there is such a thing as emotional intelligence. And I thank God for that because his power works through my weakness. (laughs) Is anybody getting this? (laughs) Okay. Okay, so... So, woo! Yes, what that means, you know, our 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 carnal language or our whatever demonic attacks says we're not good enough, beats us down, makes us feel inferior. But peace speaks. Peace speaks. I'm overqualified, right? Not in a prideful way, but I, the power of God is resting in me. We should have peace with that. It doesn't matter how weak we are, because the power of God. It's resting right here and it supersedes any weakness or any lack or any fear of lack that we might have. So another thing, another fear that speaks to us. What if I fail? Peace promises everyone who believes in Jesus Christ overcomes the world and has victory. So we are victorious. We are overcomers. So we that should give us peace. With ourself, we don't have to judge ourselves for our past mistakes. 
We don't have to criticize ourselves and beat ourselves down because, and we don't have to be afraid of failing even if we failed over and over and over in whatever areas. It doesn't matter. None of that matters because he says, hey, everyone who believes in me is an overcomer. Not only just an overcomer with those little tiny demonic attacks, but an overcomer. You can overcome the whole world. Woo, world conquerors, superheroes. You know, I'm talking about like, we can overcome the atomic bomb. <laughs> you know, Satan sends atomic bombs. It doesn't matter. We can stay in peace in every situation and every storm. We can be confident and knowing regardless of how many times we failed in the past or did the wrong thing or said the wrong thing or thought the wrong thing. We can have peace with ourselves because we know that we've already been called an overcomer. So another thing that sometimes shouts to us is that we have no purpose. But peace speaks, Proverbs 2, 6 through 8. He plans success for the decent and honorable. He guards the course and protects the way of his faithful ones. So we can be at peace even with the decisions that we make, we don't have to be in turmoil over the decisions we make because the Lord said, I'm with you. My hand is with you, and I've already planned success. So even if you make a mistake, my plan oversees, you know, it's okay because I'm going to see you through that. And Jeremiah 29, 11, um, you know, purpose? <laughs> he says, I know the plans I have for you. They're good plans. They're not disastrous plans to give you a future and hope. Self-rejection says, God will never forgive me. Peace says, it is because of the Lord's loving kindness that we are not consumed. Notice how he says we, not you. He says we. It is the Lord's loving kindness. His love never fails. And his love is beyond anything that we could ever, ever imagine. And nothing can separate us from his love. So get this. If we have offense against ourself, if we have self-rejection, isn't that idolatry? You know, it seems like so pure and beautiful in a way that somebody is so humble that they're like, oh, I'm just a little nobody. You know, but really it's pride because really what we're doing is we're putting our own thoughts on the place of, uh, you know, we're putting it our own feelings and thoughts we're being our own judge sitting on the throne of our heart rather than letting peace sit on the throne of our heart we've like kicked peace off we've we've kicked the peace of jesus and we've said no i'm going to be here i'm my own judge and then judgment comes because we won't allow peace to sit on the throne of our heart and speak uh, the you know speak over us over our own self-rejection. So really, self-rejection is just another form of idolatry. Don't beat yourself up over that. <laughs> have peace Have peace with yourself. So when we have a revelation of the Father's love, then we can love who he's created us to be. We have peace. We can love our neighbor because we love ourselves, right? And we're not judging our neighbor through all the self-hatred and stuff that we have the judgments that we've created in our own heart towards ourselves. My mom used to say to me, you're so hard on yourself. You know, don't be so hard on yourself. And there was a lot of wisdom in that, but I was so hard on everybody. <laughs> you know, I was hard on myself. I was hard on everybody. I was very quickly. A lot of times people who are very hard on themselves are really hard on other people too. And so we have to learn to have grace for grace. 
grace for our own life and grace for each other because that's when we can live that life of peace. Um, you know, this is something that some people frown upon, but I just love it. I think it's just so precious. When people take a bunch of selfies of their self and they put it on Facebook, <laughs> you know, they're like, You know, this view and that view. And then, you know, the men are like, I've been at the gym today, you know, without their shirt. You know, they may or may not look good. Doesn't matter. But <laughs> but anyway, the point is, is, you know, we could get really disgusted by that. But have you ever seen little children? Remember, we're all just little bitty kids, you know, and you've seen little kids and they're like primping and they're so cute. Look at look at daddy. Look at my muscles. You know, look at mommy, I'm a princess. And we delight in that. And, you know, that's how our father sees us. He delights in you having a healthy self-esteem. He really does. I'm preaching to the choir now. <laughs> but um, he really does. The Lord delights in us being at peace with who we are. And he delights in us even, you know, perking up pouty lips and taking a selfie. He's like, aren't they so cute? Isn't that darling? <laughs> so, you know, that's good. That's good. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. So we need to learn to walk in grace and love and appreciate who God's created us to be as unique individuals. Don't be tormented by the shoulda, coulda, wouldas of your life. Okay? That, that is a big peace stiller. Man, I wish I would have. I could have, you know, I could have done that different. I should have. And we can live our whole life in the shoulda, coulda, wouldas of yesterday when God has called us to live a life of power and peace in his presence and purpose today. You know, so we need to just kind of shut the door to the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. You know, especially when it doesn't change anything. But, you know, those things are in the past he says, uh, I'm forgetting the things that are in past and pressing forward. You know, it takes a pressing. It does take effort on our part to just kind of close the door to that season of our life that may have been painful. where We made a, may have made a lot of mistakes. And sometimes we didn't make mistakes, but the enemy will come and whisper the shoulda, coulda, wouldas or shout the shoulda, coulda, wouldas to make us feel like failures to keep us from walking in peace, right? So we need to just... Not be tormented by the shoulda, coulda, wouldas in our life. His blood is enough. His blood is enough. So the next thing I'm going to talk about and then I'm going to close is peace with others. And I want you guys to just look around at others right now because I'm going to take a drink of water. Now I'm watching you. If you don't do it, I'm going to call you out. Look at the person next to you and just say something nice. Even if you don't think you like them. <laughs> how, many, how many of you here looked at somebody you didn't like and said something nice? <laughs> okay, come up here. We're going to pray for you. <laughs> We're not going to pray for the person you don't like. We're going to pray for you, right? I know, right? Somebody actually raised their hand. Two people. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, <laughs> turn that down. That's your husband. <laughs> okay, I think that question was misunderstood. But you know what? 
I just want to throw this out. What do I want to throw out, Lord? (laughs) Help me out here. Sometimes we blame others. We play the blame game. You are the reason why I don't have peace. It's your behavior. It's the way you act. But really, you know, we have to take responsibility. We have to take responsibility for how we respond. Even if that person is responding in an ungodly way or we have to take that to the cross and say, okay, but who am I? Because that person doesn't define you unless you let them. They can't steal your peace unless you let them. They can't take it from you unless you let them. And um, somewhere in my notes it says, don't basically, don't let someone else's storm suck you in, but rather bring them to a place of peace. Okay? And the Holy Spirit does empower us to do that. Excuse me while I kick that out of the way. Okay, so now we're going to talk about peace with others. Okay, forgive. That's how to have peace with others. Is there anybody here who have never, ever, ever had to forgive anyone? Ever? Right? Back to the sore toe thing. Okay. How many of you have ever had a sore toe? Okay. Let me ask you a question. A lot of people have had a sore toe. When you had a sore toe, did anybody step on it, bump it, kick it, look at it? (laughs) Stop looking at me, you know. (laughs) Stop looking at my sore toe. Stop looking at my broken heart. Stop looking at my offense because it's making me uncomfortable because it's not very pretty. Okay. Well, I call this the sore toe syndrome. If you find yourself constantly getting hurt by those people at that church, I'm using that as an example, sorry, or, you know, those neighbors, or you're constantly finding yourself getting hurt by family members or people close to you, I want you to consider the sore toe syndrome because it could be that there's something in your life that has not yet been healed or people in your life that you've not yet released or forgiven. And therefore, that infection just stays there. And everybody that walks anywhere near you, you know, it's like your toe is like all of a sudden 10 times bigger, <laughs> you know, and it's getting stepped on and it's getting tripped over and it's getting looked at and it's just causing all kinds of problems. And you're screaming, get of me, <laughs> you know, because you have a sore toe syndrome because there's an area in your heart that needs healing. And Jesus said, forgive those who have offended you so that your father in heaven will forgive you. So the truth is, and I say this with all gentleness and kindness, because I know that, man, sometimes it's rough and our hearts get broken, right? And we break each other's hearts. And sometimes the person closest to you has broken your heart and you've never been healed and you've never really taken that to the cross. And so there's this great offense there. And every time somebody looks at you the wrong way, Or says something that's a little off. You're screening all of your relationships through that offense. And because you're screening all those relationships through that offense, you're just mad at everybody. Everybody's jerks, 
right? <laughs> you know, they're a jerk, they're a jerk. I don't like that person. That person looks at me wrong. We used to have this lady. Well, a couple ladies would come to me and go, you know, I don't know what, why that lady doesn't like me. Every time I come to church, she looks at me and goes, and I'm like, are you serious right now? Because two hours before that, the lady that looked at her like dogged her out is what she says. She dogs me out every time. I go, oh, you mean that lady? Yeah. Oh, well, she just came and told me, what is that lady's name? She is so pretty. I always just love the way that she dresses. And I just love her. I would like to get to know her because she looks like a really nice person. I actually had to go, oh, that lady? Oh, well, let me tell you what she said about you. (laughs) You know, so, but we tend to screen everything through our past hurts and relationships and, 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 and offense. Scandalon. It's a root word of of offense, the scandal on, which is a hook, right? Because when we carry offense with us, we carry that. We're like hooked. We're, it entraps us. Um, in Matthew 6, and I don't have time to read all that, it says, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And I know you may look at me and think, she's not being very nice. But, you know, I can only be as nice as Jesus. <laughs> I can't be nicer than Jesus, right? So he goes on and, and it talks about how that, um, you know, the one man owed a whole bunch of money and um, uh, he was thrown into prison and then he was forgiven and released. And then he went and um, he didn't forgive his brother for this little amount of money that he owed him. And he was cast into a dungeon of torment. And so if we want to have peace with others, there's no other way around it. You've got to start with step one. You've got to ask the Lord to search your heart. And say, why am I always getting hurt? Why is this continually happening? Why is this offense in my heart? You have to forgive. You have to go back and say, you know what? I released that person. And another thing is you have to ask others to forgive you. Something I've noticed in the body of Christ and in my own life, it's like, yes, I know I offended that person. I probably shouldn't have said what I did. (laughs) Now that happens to me all the time. You know, stupid rises up. No, sit down. Let love take over here. Anyway, um, we have to we have to be sensitive, and we have to be able to go to people and humble ourselves and say, you know what? I know I hurt your feelings, and I want you to forgive me. I'm sorry. That wasn't the right thing. Have you ever had to do that, anybody? Because, oh, good, oh, we have such holy people here. (laughs) Because if you've never, ever had to do that, I ask you to review your relationships. Because one thing we taught our children since the time they were little is if we did something harsh or wrong or wasn't godly, we humbled ourselves. We went to our little children and we said, you know what, mommy was harsh. And I'm so sorry because Jesus isn't like that with me. And I want you to forgive me. And that's really important in relationships because you know what our kids do now? They they go, oh, I'm sorry, you know, forgive me because of this or that. And you, we teach them. We teach them. So Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Since we are members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. A toothache makes the whole body miserable, right? So don't let a root of bitterness rise up because it does affect other people because without you realizing it, it's like tuberculosis, you know. (laughs) You're coughing your germs all over people and you're causing them to also 
have bitterness. So we have to get to the root of it. And we have to really, um, in 1 Peter 3.11, it says, seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. I have something really funny, and I know i got to close here. I'm going to have to skip some of this. I'm almost done. Um, but yesterday, I'm in the middle of working on peace with others. I'm up in the prayer garden. The birds are tweeting. I'm typing on the computer, and I'm feeling very peaceful. And I get this text message, and it's from my daughter, Tiffany. And she says, um, Mom, I just... I wanted, I didn't really want to talk to you about this, but I wanted to share this certain situation so that you will, you know, you and dad will be praying for this person. And she said, because we, um, we took a loan out and this person was going to invest this large amount of money. I won't give the amount, but this person promised us they were going to invest this large amount of money. So we got, we had some money and we also took a loan out to invest. And now they don't have our money and they're not, you know, and I'm like, what? <laughs> literally you should read my text message. i'm like that's wrong he's a crook <laughs> call the cops turn him in get a lawyer <laughs> and then i go back this is really really funny and i'm typing peace with others right and i go back make every effort to live in peace with everyone I'm like, so i'm like this is really irritating you know this is different you know this is different so she's texting me, but, you know, I don't, I don't know if we should get a lawyer. And I'm like, get a lawyer. That is so wrong. You need to hold him accountable. <laughs> then I go back and it says, make sure, in First Thessalonians 5.15, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. But always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. I'm like, but that's different. <laughs> Proverbs 16.7, when the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's ways, he causes her enemies to be at peace with them. So... You know, the the Bible's clear. It says, as long as we have life and breath, there will be offenses. (laughs) You know, some are worse than others. Some are slight. But we have to learn to guard and to walk in peace in our relationship with God and with ourselves and with others. And that means we have to learn grace for ourselves and for others. And that means we have to learn how to walk in that. Romans 14, 19 says, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. That's where I put it right there. If stupid rises up to speak, allow love to interrupt. (laughs) So here I was, stupid, speaking, and love was interrupting. But, Mom, (laughs) we're not supposed to take our brother to court. Remember, you guys taught us that. (laughs) Like, oh, oh. Anyway. Okay. I'm going to read you this story in the Bible. And we're going to have a time of prayer. And really what my heart's desire today is that we're just given that opportunity. If you, if you, if you want us to pray for you today, we want to pray for you. Um, you know, we're going to invite you to come forward in a few minutes. And so during the next five minutes, I just want you to do allow, to allow the Holy Spirit to just begin to speak to you about these areas, about the language of peace the fruit of peace manifesting in our lives. Because trust me, when we have a peaceful heart, it, it affects the atmosphere around us. You know, all hell can be breaking loose like it was at work the other day. And someone said to me, you're always so peaceful. I had my worship music going and I'm like, oh, if you only knew. <laughs> you know, but we have to maintain, we have to maintain that peace. 
we have to maintain our peace with God by asking the Lord to search our hearts every day. And we have to maintain that peace with ourselves by have, showing ourselves the same grace. And we have to maintain that peace with others by being quick to forgive and recognizing that we are only flesh and blood. That we all have sinned and that we all make mistakes. This is a story in the Bible. I love this story. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping. He was just sleeping. All this chaos was going on and he was sleeping. Now this morning I told Tim, I said, I think he was fake sleeping. I think he was probably not really sleeping, but he just kind of wanted to teach a message right then. It says he was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Oh, precious Jesus. And the disciples woke him up shouting, teacher. First of all, they knew him as teacher. They didn't know him as Lord yet, apparently. And so they called him teacher. Don't you care that we're going to drown? And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves silence peace be still and suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm imagine that and it says and he said to them he asked them why are you afraid do you still have no faith and this is what blew me away right here the disciples were absolutely terrified they were frightened during the storm you know but when Jesus spoke, they were, and, they, and Jesus just said, peace be still. All of a sudden, the disciples were terrified. They're like, this is more than just a teacher. This is the king of kings. This is the prince of peace that we have right here in our boat, right here in our heart. Dwells the prince of peace. And he suffered a great deal for our peace. The peace that passes all understanding. He said, keep it, guard it, contain it, carry it, release it. He is the prince of peace. And he says, my peace I give to you. Not like the world gives to you. But he says, I give you peace of mind and heart to fulfill the purpose that I planned for you from the beginning of time. I want you to stand now with me. Now, because peace is a gift to you, I want to invite you to come. I want to invite um, Penny and Paul to come and help me. And, And Pastor Tim. And I want you to come. And I just want you, you know, maybe you feel like you've lost out with your peace with God. Let's start right there. Maybe you feel like you're struggling with sin, with chains, and you need freedom. And today I want to invite you to come forward. And I want, you know, these anointed men and women of God are just going to minister to you and love you. You don't have to tell them or you can tell them if you want. But I just want you to know that he says, come to me. He's like, I'm t- I know you're tired and I see your struggle. And I see you're in the storm and you're, you feel like you're about to drown. But he said, I love you, and I want you to come to me, and I want you just to come and find your rest in me. 
So if you need prayer today to just find that peace with the Lord, maybe you feel somehow like, you know, you've lost track of him out in the storm. You're like, where is he? I don't even see him. I don't even know where he is. And he's like, I'm right here. I'm resting right here with you. I'm right here with you. Maybe you've been wounded and maybe you, you feel like, you know, you've had failure and you feel like, uh, you know, you're constantly fighting those thoughts of defeat and inferiority and insecurity and doubt and fear and anxiety. And the Lord is inviting you to come today. He says, come unto me. He wants you to make peace with yourself. He wants you to know that even as a, as a wonderful, good, good father looks at his newborn baby and, and they lock eyes and there's intimacy and there's perfect love that casts out all fear and there's admiration and, and a, your good, good father's looking at you right now like that. And he wants you to know that he loves you, that he has not rejected you and he doesn't want you to reject yourself any longer. He wants you to find peace. And in the purpose and the person that he's created you to be because he loves you so much and you struggle with I'm not good enough and you struggle with fears of failure and fear of lack, fear of anxiety, fear of rejection. And the Lord wants you to come and find his rest in him today. I invite you to come. You can come right now. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait for someone else to come. You can come if you'd like to be prayed with today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. He invites you to come. His arms are open wide to you. And he says, come, come, my son, come, my daughter, because I love you. And I want to give you peace of mind. I want you to know that you are loved and that you are forgiven and that my grace is sufficient for you. And that my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Oh, how he loves us. How he loves us. What love the father has for you. His son, his daughter. He doesn't look at you and see your failures. He doesn't look at you and see what you've done. He doesn't look at you and and go over and over and over about the shoulda, coulda, wouldas of your life. But he calls you to rest. He calls you to rest. And he wants to give you perfect peace about who you are. What your body size is. what, What you look like physically. What your emotional makeup is. He loves you perfectly the way you are. He says, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you know, the confident healed person says, on how I know it. <laughs> I agree with the, I agree with what peace says about me, concerning me. Come into agreement with what peace speaks over you and about you today. Thank you, Jesus. God is not a harsh father who punishes his children. He's not punishing you today. He is not punishing you. He doesn't punish you for your sins. He embraces you and forgives you and, yes, disciplines you, but it's a discipline of love and not punishment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your peace. Holy Spirit, I just ask you this morning just to pour out your peace that passes all understanding into every area of our life, into our thoughts and our hearts. Lord God, on our minds. Even in our bodies that respond to anxiety, I just speak right now, peace. I command that the spirit of fear leave in the name of Jesus. For those of you who suffer from anxiety attacks, I tell you it is a spirit that appeal will not cure. 
And I know that sometimes there are imbalances. I'm not trying to be a doctor here. I'm not a doctor, but I know from my own experience that nothing works like the power of the peace of Jesus. Because the world gives us peace, but the world can't give us peace that passes all understanding. Only Jesus can do that. And you know what? His power is just as real today. And so right now, I just speak right now to every spirit of anxiety, even the fear of having an anxiety attack, even the fear of having fear. I command that that go in the name of Jesus. And I just release the truth of God that says he who the son is set free is free indeed. And so I speak to that person who's having anxiety attacks. I speak right now to that person who is fearful that they're going to have an anxiety attack and therefore they isolate themselves because they want to maintain their peace in the name of jesus i command that those prison doors be open right now in the name of jesus and that you walk free free from anxiety free from fear in the name of jesus forgive those who have offended you just do it right now they are keeping you shackled and i just release right now i release right now the grace for grace i release right now the grace for grace to forgive those who have hurt you forgive those who have wounded you with their words and with their actions right now lord in the name of jesus i thank you and release grace for grace so that you can walk in the purpose and in the love and in the authority and the power and the beauty that the holy spirit invites you to partake of because that is your life you don't have to live life without peace jesus did that on the cross he was tormented he was isolated he was abandoned so that you could have peace of mind peace of heart thank you jesus thank you jesus just continue right now in a prayerful state if um you do need to leave i just release you to leave right now we totally understand we don't want to keep you too long um, you can just quietly leave or you can just stay in your seat and just continue to just pray. Thank you, Jesus. Or you can still come forward. This altar is open. Thank you, Jesus, for your healing, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, that you set us free from feelings of inferiority and anxiety. And in the name of Jesus, you teach us to take authority, the same authority that you gave us with your blood, taking authority over every mind-binding spirit in the name of Jesus. We take authority over every fear, over every spirit of torment in the name of Jesus. We release those who have offended us in the name of Jesus. And we step out of prison doors, prison doors of torment. Thank you for freedom, Lord. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for your love. We release your love right here today, Jesus. We release your presence. We release your peace. Peace that passes all understanding. God, give us wisdom, Lord, to guard our peace. Give us wisdom to not let our hearts be troubled, God. Father, because you empowered us to not let our hearts be troubled. You have empowered us to walk in the grace of Lord God, to walk in peace, to be carriers of your peace, to release your peace into the atmosphere of our homes, to release your peace in the atmosphere of our families, of our workplaces, Lord God, of Walmart, wherever we happen to go, that we release your presence and your peace. Thank you, Jesus. 
thank you, Lord, for your grace. God, I just pray right now that you break down every wall, every barrier, every lack of connectedness that people have sensed of not belonging. We just pray right now, Jesus, that you bring peace to the heart and mind so that there can be a sense of belonging so that people will not be fearful and isolate themselves because they're afraid because they have no peace in their relationships right now we we just holy spirit do a complete work today even as people leave and go to their homes holy spirit because lord we want to be carriers of your peace and you've called your people to peace you've called us to be a people of love and joy and peace thank you jesus thank you lord thank you jesus Thank you so much for choosing this podcast from CFTN Payson. We are Church for the Nations in Payson, Arizona. We are a Bible-believing church and believe God has a word for you today. You can reach us at www.cftnpayson.com or you can give us a call at 928-444-8791. God bless you.